Your story is so crazy. We're doing this salute to survivors, and we had had three guests lined up for a couple days, and that was going to be it. We saw your story two days ago, and we said, no, we have to have Georgette on uh, based upon how wild your story is, your battle with coronavirus. Now, Georgette, you're a teacher out in the Riverhead School District, a reading teacher, and that's the only background I'm going to give Long Island. I, I want you to tell us all about your battle with coronavirus, where it started, where it took you, and eventually how you got yourself home. Uh, well, I started, you know, with a fever and uh, and everything that we had learned, you know, on the news and all. I was like, okay, so this is going to be like the flu, and now I have a fever, and I'm going to get tested. So I'll quarantine myself because there's five of us that live in our household, my husband. And my two girls and my granddaughter, and uh, it was um, pretty bad fever. Some of them went up to as high as 103.7, wow. and um, they stayed in the 102 range. And after 10 days of that, I was pretty debilitated, but I'm one of the fortunate Americans who have a good relationship with my you know, general uh, physician's office, and I was seen by my doctor twice. And um, um, he was on the phone with me almost every day. And I ended up in the hospital. And um, I think the scariest thing was when the hospital staff came to me to talk to me about my directives for DNR, if I wanted DNR, which I said no, and to provide um, uh, permission for them to induce me into a coma and put me on. But you weren't ever induced, right? No, I was not induced into a coma. Luckily, I didn't. Was oh, not. Okay. I never got um, to that stage. But because my lungs were a hundred percent involved with the COVID pneumonia, they felt that I could go either way. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking, Georgette? I am fifty-six years old. 56. I'm proud of it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and you I'm should still be. Fifty-six Absolutely. years old. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you still are, and you're going to be fifty-seven and fifty-eight, and continue upward. You know, your case actually reminds me a lot of our next guest coming up a little bit later this hour, James Canazaro, because he also, uh, like you, thought he was done. He thought he was going to pass away. Uh, yeah, there were there was the the first uh, the next two days in the hospital were really really rough. I had the vomiting and all the other fun stuff that went along with it. And I still had that high fever. So after a while, that fever wears you down. Yeah. And um, you're weak. I had no sense of smell and no desire to eat. I could not taste food properly. So this, when I said, in, uh, when I was quoted in the article, as saying that this is one insidious virus. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I, mean, I know some That's people crazy. are asymptomatic and get no symptoms, or some people it's mild. But you don't know whether you're going to get a mild case or whether you're going to be on a ventilator and survive. Right. You know, so it's got, I guess, every bit of the range in between. So I was pretty bad. I was there for five days, and, um, five full days, and then the night before. So um, it was it was pretty scary. I got taken... Yeah, I went to the doctor's office, and they had to come out and get me in a wheelchair. I was so weak. My blood pressure was only 80 over 40, 
and I couldn't stand and walk on my own anymore. The doctor just called an ambulance to just come get me from the doctor's office, and my poor husband was sitting out in the car because no one's allowed to go with you yeah. for anything. Wow. He, I just called him on my phone and was like, I'm going in an ambulance, and he came following the ambulance to the hospital just to be able to, you know, say goodbye to me before I went inside. You so know. when you had gotten this, how long did you say you were having fevers? Ten days? I was already at ten days when I went to the hospital. I can't even believe that you were home with a hundred um, hundred and three point seven fever. I, I know, like, it's it was such a, t- a difficult scenario because to say I would have went to the hospital, I stopped myself because the hospital... Is- I was at the hospital once before. I had severe chest pains and uh, on Monday night, So I had been sick for a week, Um, and it was 1 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, and I woke up with terrible chest pains, and I cried out. My family all came to me. I was sequestered in the master suite of our house, and I was so scared. I told them to dial 911 because I was afraid I was now having a heart attack, too. And that was the first trip to the hospital. But because my oxygen levels were good, my heart was good. You know, they did an EKG, and they had me on a monitor. They put me on oxygen for a few hours, and my oxygen came all the way up to like 98, 99% from 95, that there was no reason to keep me at the hospital because there was nothing they could do for me there that I couldn't do for myself at home, and they felt that I was better off at home. What was your degree of the fever at that point? Um, Well, they had brought my fever down. You know, my fever would come down with Tylenol, and then as soon as the Tylenol would wear off, it would spike back up. That's just so scary. I was on... I was on uh, 5,000 milligrams of Tylenol every day. I was taking 1,000 milligrams every, like, four to six hours. Yeah, you'll you'll probably be happy to never, ever see a bottle of Tylenol again, I'm guessing. I think, yeah, I think somebody asked me that, and I said that. I said, I think I can safely say I'll be glad if I never have to take Tylenol again. (laughs) That's our salute to survivors on the phone with Georgette Keller. Uh, She's a teacher in the Riverhead School District. Her battle with corona, weeks long, in and out of the hospital uh, numerous times. Fevers as high as 103. At what point during this whole battle did you think you were headed in the right direction? Um, Well, they they put me on the hydrochloroquine uh, medicine there at the hospital, too. Because out here, at least out here in Riverhead, um, you can't be on that medication unless you're monitored in the hospital. So I guess they figured because they were keeping me, the pneumonia was so bad, they put me on that too. And then finally, when the fever broke, I think is when I finally uh, started to feel a little better. Because that fever just wears on you. You know, I mean, I, I was laying in the dark because one of the things they tell you is to lay flat on your stomach with this medicine yeah. as much as you can. So I did. I laid down on my stomach all the time, even during the day, just because I wanted this medicine to work. And um, I guess it was like that Sunday, so it would have been like Palm Sunday in the wee hours of the morning. It's dark. I'm laying on my stomach, and I'm just praying, and I was just like, please, God. Because I was so scared, and I felt so all by myself. But that was the moment when I think I really like said, okay, I have to go with my faith at this point and turn it over to God because... Uh, you know, I give up and on me, you know, so I just turned it over to God. And then the next day on Monday is when my fever broke. And I think when the fever broke, I was like, okay, I'm going to come out of this and I'm going to be all right. And I started to feel better. And then the next day 
I can remember calling my husband saying, okay, I want to come home. I'm coming home. And I remember looking at the nurses and the doctors was like, what do you want from me? I want to go home. <laughs> and they, they were like, you're better in just that you are feeling like that. Yeah. So they did a bunch of blood work and tests and everything and determined that and made me do like walking, talking tests for my oxygenation and everything because that's what they were really worried about is that if my oxygen levels fell again. Right. Um, or were not high enough that my lungs couldn't continue to heal now on my own at home. So they they did let me go home later that day. <laughs> and your dog was waiting and, for you, I know. Your dog was there to get you back home too, right? Uh, oh, yeah. My husband came to pick me up. Now there's a circle in front of the hospital where they come to pick you up. And it was an absolutely beautiful, warm, sunny day. And so the um, CNA who was taking me out to get picked up, she said, Mom, I'm going to take you outside. It's so nice. At least you'll get some fresh air while you wait. For your husband to arrive and he came and he arrived in the circle and i have a minivan and the dog was in the back seat with the windows open Aww. and i she visibly got all excited uh, because mommy was coming home and she's her own special story we've adopted her a year ago her owner passed away uh, and uh, so she knows what it is to have an owner who's sick so she's been by my side through all of this. She was definitely glad when mommy came home. I'm sure. And, you know, my poor husband was home at night alone, you know, basically saying the rosary because he didn't know what else to do, and he was afraid. And today is our 27th wedding anniversary. Oh, so. congratulations. Oh, That's Congratulations. Awesome. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just went to make coffee in the kitchen and saw that there's a prime rib roast in the sink. So I guess my husband <laughs> has a pretty go. special can't dinner, to dinner so. Well, now I feel bad that we've taken up so much of your time on your 27th wedding anniversary. <laughs> uh, so before we let you get back mm-hmm. to your anniversary, um, I know that you've committed to, to donating plasma as well, and you're encouraging others to do the same in the hopes of stopping the spread of the virus. What goes with that now? Do you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can do that? How does that work out? Well, I just had um, a follow-up visit with my doctor the day before yesterday, and I asked him that same question. What do I have to do now to donate my plasma? And he said, I have no idea. Oh, all right. So I just did a little research <laughs> on it yesterday, and I'm going to call the Long Island Blood Center today because there's an office right here in Riverhead. Right. And I'm sure they'll be able to tell me what I need to do next to donate my plasma. When you left the hospital, did they uh, have a celebration? Like, did they code Rocky you? Uh, No, no, I don't think I was like one of the milestone cases. And I wasn't one of those cases where, you know, like they had um, a gentleman from uh, just a little further east from me who had been on a ventilator for two weeks and he survived. And he was, um, I think, 81 years old. He just. Oh, my God. He just left the hospital, but he was one of their first, I think he was the first case of, of a patient that went on a ventilator there. Yeah, but I think that you should get a Code Rocky. Yeah, I think you should get a Code I, Rocky, I Georgette. I think you should get a Code And that's Rocky. why we need, to, we need to play this Rocky for you here this morning, because Georgette Keller, you have beaten coronavirus! Yeah! yeah. I have. Yes, you have. It's okay that you're not 81. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's also, you still did it. It's also important that uh, you get back to your husband for your 27th wedding anniversary. So we're going to let you do that now. Indeed. And we are just so happy that you're feeling better, that you've beaten this coronavirus. It sucks you had to go through it, but so happy you came out the other side alive and well. It is what it is, but I'm very grateful you're here. and thankful. Yeah. yeah. And I've had a lot of support. My work wives have called me like every day and FaceTimed with me every day, checked on me, that. you know. That's great. And uh, my colleagues all got together and got me flowers and uh, things like that and sent me a lovely card. 
just so that I know that they're thinking about me and, and praying for me, too. So it's all good. All right. Well, Georgette Keller, uh, thank you for hanging with us this morning. Hopefully your husband gets you some flowers today, too. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he will. All right, Georgette. <laughs> Hang so in much. there. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the beautiful weather, okay? Happy anniversary. All right. Thank Bye, you. Georgette. Thanks. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial. LLC member SIPC.